Father, we just thank you for everybody today. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that the word is truth. Lord, I thank you that you help me to communicate it, that it brings life and freedom to people in this place as well as those watching online around the world, Lord. We thank you in the name of Jesus for the keys you've given us on this earth to unlock and tap into the things of heaven. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many know that we got a lot of well-meaning Christians out there that have keys, but they just haven't been using them? I mean, none of you here, but at, at second service, y'all need to pray for me when you leave that they all get a hold of this, right? Because they, they need this. This is the 1130 crowd. Amen? And so we, we've forgotten some keys that we haven't used, and, and we need to understand that there's things we can unlock in our spiritual lives that open up things for us. And so for these next five weeks, I'm not talking about what you're doing for the church or how you're serving for the church or what you're giving to the church. I want to talk about you. How is this applying to your life? How are you finding freedom in your life? What things are you unlocking in your life to bring you and your family victory? Amen? Bring you and your family some freedom. Amen? Nobody's too interested in that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to go preach this at the Baptist church. I'll get more response. Just kidding. Matthew chapter 16, I want you to go there, open your Bibles or your apps, whatever you have. If you don't have either of those, you can see it up here online, or online, on screen behind me. It says this, and I will give you the keys, the keys of the kingdom of what? Heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose or unlock on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. Now, Matthew Henry's commentary, if you don't know what a commentary is, it's someone who commented on what the Bible said, all right? So Matthew Henry, he's an old dude, uh, not around anymore. It is the, he says this, it is the power of the keys that is given, alluding to the custom of invest, investing men with authority in such a place by delivering to them the keys of the place. Or as the master of the house gives the keys to the steward, the keys of the stores where the provisions are kept, that he may give to everyone in the house his portion of meat in due season, Luke 10 or 12, 42, and deny it that there is an occasion according to the rules of the family. Just like here at the church, we have people that I have given access to to personally have a key to this facility. And then there are those who have a code that gets them access to a key that can get them into this facility. How many know you have to have certain responsibility or and be in a certain place for you to be given the key to unlock this whole building? Amen? And that's sort of what he's saying right here is that God has given us keys, but he doesn't just give them to anybody. You've got to be in a place in your spiritual walk and be pursuing God, but then once you get there, you can use it to unlock things in your life. Amen? So... Keys open doors and gates, but the carrying of keys especially symbolized the authority of the person who carried them. In other words, if someone, he was saying, if someone came carrying keys, it signified their authority and their position. And so you knew they were somebody that, you know, they could unlock things. And so, therefore, they had great authority and they had great honor, and someone high up trusted them with all these keys. Amen? So therefore, we have to make sure that God's trusting us with the keys he's given us. Amen? And so it's important. Proverbs chapter 1, the very first proverb, it's amazing, says this. Here are the kingdom revelations, words to live by, and the words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. Say reign in life. Written as proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. Verse 2. Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom. Say wisdom. 
and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as what? Keys to unlock the treasure of true knowledge. Use them as keys to unlock the treasure. Oh, it's not up here. That's why you didn't know. So, sorry. Uh, I was like, nobody knew the answer. It's right there in the Word. Use them. That tells me too many of you are watching this and you're not actually opening this. That's what that also tells me. All right? You're getting too convenient in church with the technology. So, Because you got to know where the Bible is. Proverbs. You know, you should have a race with your kids opening the Bibles. See who can get there fastest. So let me read it to you since you didn't see it on the screen. Use them as keys. What are the keys? The keys that we read before that to empower to reign in life. To have revelation of wisdom. How many know that would be awesome to have revelation of wisdom? The Bible says there's a key to get that wisdom. Amen. The impartation of spiritual understanding. How many know it would be great to have a little bit more spiritual understanding? There's a key. There's a key. There's a key. There's a key to that. Use them as keys to unlock. That means that things are available to us. We just got to find a key to unlock it. Amen. Keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. The treasures. The key. There's a key to unlock this that opens up the treasures. There are keys in the Bible, spiritually speaking, that unlocks spiritual treasure in our lives that unlocks freedom in our lives amen of course we have to hunger and thirst and go after the things of God so today I have some exciting stuff I'm going to ask the ushers to prepare themselves because this just isn't a prop for today's message although it is that we're going to do something pretty exciting. So I'm going to have the ushers, because they're moving quickly. Everybody's running. They're all running. I'm going to have the ushers pass out. If you are 18 years of age or older, raise your hand until one of these cards is given to you. All right? And trust me, you don't want to not participate in this. So, this man, this looks just like praise and worship today. Look at all these hands up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So make sure that you keep your hand up until one ticket is given to you. Once you get that ticket or that key... There is a stub on the end. It says name, first name, first line, second line, last name, and then phone number, cell number. You need to fill that out. There should be a pen located in the seat back somewhere where you are. Those of you watching online, unfortunately, you can't participate with this. But if you come here live, then you can be a part of what we're doing. So, everybody getting this? Keep your hands up until the ushers find you. You, you want to make sure you get one, all right? You'll want to fill that out. First name, last name, cell number, and then you want to tear off the stub. You're going to keep the large portion with the instructions. Anybody not get one yet? Everybody get them? All right. Put your hand up if you did not get one. All right. Everybody's looking down. Everybody's writing. So let me explain what's going to happen. Hopefully you can listen to this and write at the same time. Don't know if you can. So everybody that came to church today, bonus. We did not advertise this. We did not tell people about this. So if people didn't come to church today or don't come to 1130, they lose out. You are already one up on everybody else. Okay, we did not advertise. We didn't want people, oh, I'm going to go just so. No, you came today on purpose for reason to come to church, right? So you all have an advantage because you came today, and this is the introductory day. Next week, 
We're going to do this again the following week, the 17th, the following week, the 24th, when Shane Willard is here, and the following week, December 1st. So there is a potential for you to have five keys, as well as possibly your spouse, to have five keys if you come every Sunday. Make sense? Now, if you bring a guest, they get a key, you get an additional key over the next five Sundays. Okay? You all tracking with me? You got, you got to follow my brain a little bit, all right? So here's what happens. Number one, more people are going to come. Hopefully you'd be in, have an incentive to bring them to find Jesus, but if it's to get a key, okay, I get it, whatever. I understand. So if you come the next five weeks and you bring a guest the next five weeks, you have the potential of having ten keys in your hand. We're going to take all of these stubs, today's stubs, next week's stubs, we're going to take them and put them in a huge container. We're going to draw out a bunch of of those stubs, of which then we're going to give individuals an actual key. On December 1st, one of the keys of the people we draw out that gets a real key is the one key that's going to unlock this, and the person who gets that is going to get all the treasure that we're going to have inside. And I'm waiting for Black Friday to get some of the good stuff. (laughs) All I'm telling you is you want to win, all right? Does that make sense? So, you got to have the keys. So it's a message illustration, but it's also a message application uh, that brings us about, but then on December 1st, it's just going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, we did this years ago at the church I was at, but we gave away a Harley Davidson. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to get a Harley Davidson, but uh, we did this for like two weeks, and everybody brought people, and we had all these people get saved, and then they gave out 10 Harley Davidson keys in which one of the keys actually started it, and if it was your key, you won the Harley Davidson. That was pretty cool. So if someone wants to sponsor about $20,000, I'll go buy a Harley, and we'll make it the prize, but uh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. So Proverbs is full of wisdom. Everybody good on that? So, last bit of nugget I forgot to tell you. Tear off the stub. When we exit the auditorium today, the ushers will have a black container at the back in which you drop the stub in. If you forget to drop it in, your fault, not mine. All right? (laughs) Number one. You guys ready? Today's going to be a fun message. Are you ready for this? Today's going to be an exciting message, but you have to respond to what we're talking about. Amen? And uh, I love our praise and worship team, and they do a great job up here bringing us into the presence of God. But how many of you know it's not the responsibility of the praise and worship team for you to praise God? I said, how many of you know it's not the responsibility of the praise and worship team for you to praise God? The Bible doesn't say when you get to the right church with the right sound, with the right beat, ha, then you can praise me. No. Some of you are like, whoa, look at that white boy go. No, it's not like that. The Bible just says praise him. Praise him because he's worthy. Praise him. Amen. Then it tells us how to praise him. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Now, see, some of you check out right there. No, I ain't into all that. I'm conservative. I don't dance. Well, that's not really scriptural, but you have it your way. Amen. We're not Bur- God's way is not Burger King. Have it your way. Number one, the praise key The praise key, trust God's way. So key number one I'm talking about today is there's a key called praise. I said there's a key called praise. Praise is not a difficult thing. You do not have to be a scholar in praise and worship to know how to use that key. 
But I'm going to show you today in the Word of God that there are things that you can unlock in your life if you'll just use the key of praise. Amen? Amen? And I'm really excited today that with Daylight Savings Time, almost everybody, almost everybody was on time for church. But we do know this, when you get an extra hour of sleep and we're still late, then it's not a late issue, it's a discipline issue, it's a God issue. That's what it really is, amen? Because if you're late on, move the clock back Sunday morning, pray for you, amen? So I want you to go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is an amazing, amazing story, which most people have never heard of. A lot of people, they don't go back into the Chronicle stuff and the King stuff and read that in the Bible because that's where the gold stuff is still uh, there. And then if you have a phone or an iPad that you read your stuff on, it might not really show up. You'll focus more in the Gospels and, you know, Ephesians and all those types of things. But back in Second Chronicles and in the Old Testament, there's some amazing stories. And I want us to read this story because it's really amazing how praise and worship unlocked a victory for this whole move that was happening for the Israelites. And it happened uh, in verse, verse 1. I think they have all of this. We weren't going to read all of this media team, but most of it. It says, uh, and it happened after this that the people of Moab from the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against the headlights, Jeho- Jehoshaphat, sorry. Then some came, and thank you, Michelle, and Je- told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. From Syria, they are in Haz, whatever that word is, Tamar, which is in Engedi, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself, feared and set himself, feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now here's what's going on. This is the Israelites, and they get a report that these three tribes are going to come and fight them. And it says right here that King Jehoshaphat was in fear. Now this was Israel, and instead of responding negatively or responding in fear, I love how he responds. King Jehoshaphat didn't start talking trash about everybody. I can't believe they're doing this. And I don't know what they think. They probably got bigger armies than us. And they're going to take us out. And we're all going to die. No. His first response was he tells them all we're going to fast. And then he went and set his face to seek the Lord. I don't know, that's a great learning lesson for many of us. If we get a bad report or circumstances just aren't going right, do we often whine and complain about the situation or do we set our face to seek the Lord? Do we, do we set our face to go, God, what are you saying about this? God, how do you want me to respond? God, what should I do in this situation? So many times we don't do it this way, we go other ways. They all began. I love this fact. They all began, not just a few of them. They all began to fast and seek the Lord. And then God gives the instructions in verse 14. You ready? Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah. Notice that the, the word of the Lord didn't come to Jehoshaphat. It came from one of the others. The son of Jael, the son of 
Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, oh, you, and you King Jehoshaphat. So he speaks to the king. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up from the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord and who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Thoseites and the other children of the otherites stood up to praise the Lord of God of Israel. Stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel. Stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with the voices meek and quiet. Oh, no. The voices Loud and high. Now, this is an amazing story because you got to just put yourself in the situation. You can't just read it and go, oh, yeah, that's what I would have done. No, come on. You got to read this because praise and worship, first of all, is the language of faith. Praise and worship, first of all, is the language of faith. He did not give them a military strategy. He didn't say, all right, guys, let's gather our weapons. Let's get our mightiest warriors. God didn't tell them to do that. And the king was probably a little bit, like, perturbed about that because he was a strategic military commander who had fought many battles. And this is what the norm was. But that's not what was happening here. In verse 16, God even told them where the enemy would be. He goes, they're going to come up from this area, and you'll see them about this time in the morning at this place. Now, how crazy is that? See, that's when you got to know that God is on my side. When he tells me exactly what the enemy's moves are going to be and where the enemy's going to be at. Amen? You've got to recognize that when you go and you put your face to God and you start to praise God, God's going to download the details of the enemy's devices to try to come against you, but you already know his scheme, so you don't fall for it. Too many times we see the scheme, we know the scheme, and we just avoid God's direction in it. And we just go do whatever we want to do, and then we blame God that he didn't bail us out. Come on now. Amen? So that can be confusing a little bit. So you're telling me where the enemy will be, but then you're telling me I won't need to fight. Hmm. And you're saying the battle is God's, not mine, so why do I even need to go? If I'm not taking my mightiest warriors and I'm not taking weapons and you're telling me where they're going to be, why are you telling me to go? That don't make sense. That's not a good military strategy. Why are you saying I need to go, but yet I'm not being armed with what I need to go, and you're telling me right where they're going to be? If you're telling me, God, right where they're going to be, then I sh- probably should have some ammunition or some something to go after them, right? Why are you taking me out there, and then we're not going to fight? Can you see the confusion that could have been there? I love verse 19. 
says they lifted up their voices loud and high. Now, this was the instructions of God that they were going to go out, but he didn't tell them what they were going to fight with. You all tracking with me? Are you thinking real hard? Good. Because he just said, this is where they're going to be, and I just need you to go out there. And then they lifted up their voice, and they're like, woo, loud and high, praising God. And I know some of us, you know, we, 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 we're a little shy when it comes to our singing. Like, we're just a little more comfortable in the praise and worship, more like this. There's a key called the key of praise that will unlock some things in your life. And we sometimes wonder why we're stuck when our praise is not active. See, praise, as I said before, is the key to faith that moves heaven. But if you don't have any faith in the God you're praising, then you're not going to praise If you don't think he's going to do anything for you, then you do that. There is no faith attached to your believing that God's going to move on your behalf. Therefore, there is no praise in your heart. Therefore, even though you have the key on your key ring, it does not unlock anything for you because you're not using the key. You're not using the key. Now watch what happens in verse 20. Are you guys ready? This is amazing. So they rose early in the morning, kind of like today, daylight savings time, and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. And who should praise the beauty of his holiness? And they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. What the heck, God? What kind of strategy is that? You want me to put the choir out front? Hallelujah. That's what he told them to do. I want you to get the best singers. We're going to lead out the army. Singing. Can you imagine how that would have just been like tilt to a military king? Like, that don't make sense. You're telling me where they're going to be, where they're going to come from, and we're going to march out there, and my, my choir's going to sing. Come on, God. Can you imagine maybe just a bit of potential where you could like abandon that and go, Well, we'll sing, but then you guys shoot at the same time. (laughs) Like, can you see how you could, like, manipulate it to be what you think it should be versus what God's saying he wants you to do? Like, okay, God, I know you say tithe, but do you really mean that? Sorry, I apologize. And then I like this part. They appointed who should be. Singing. 
In other words, there's a lot of wonderful people that they want to come up here with a microphone in their hand. Hallelujah. And sing and be on the praise and worship team. But I love that the Bible says that the leaders appointed who should be up here or leading the charge. But it does not say that all of them don't have to praise. It just said who should be leading the praise. Amen. There is no backing out of, well, they're the ones who sing and we just stand there and watch. No, that ain't what happens. See, some have an anointing by God and when they lift their voice, others sound nice, but that's not okay. You cannot be the best singer, but you might be the most anointed declarer of God's sound. There is a difference in those who sound nice and those who are anointed and can bring forth the move of God. Amen? And so you've got to understand that you've got to not only sing, but you've got to be anointed to lead what God is saying and declaring. That's why when you have prophetic worship, it unlocks things in the heavenly realms and releases them on us. It's not just singing. It's singing anointed. It's singing with heaven. Amen? And I love the fact that this is how you learn to trust God with the key of praise in everything you do. Can you imagine the voices from his own people speaking against the king? You're, what? God told you what? We're not going to do that, right? I mean, that's just, we're, gonna, we're all going to die. We're going to die. We're all going to die. Did you hear what the king said? He's going to send the choir out. The choir is supposed to go out and sing, and then that's how we're supposed to get victory. I don't know. He's losing it. What's he smoking? Well, I just don't agree with the pastor. They just shouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, I just, I know, I know you're the leader and all, but I just don't know if I can go along with that decision. I'm just not sure that God would really do it that way. I know that you're the leader and all, but I just, I just have a different opinion. Notice that nobody, the king didn't ask anybody's opinion. Notice he just heard from God, and then this is what we're supposed to do, and then they all just said, all right, let's do this. They all, they all fasted and prayed. So when January comes and we do our fast, who's all in? Oh, I just, I don't know if I can not eat anything. I, I got to have my cheeseburgers, Pastor Charles. You just don't know. That's also why sometimes we don't have the key to breakthrough in our life, is we're just not willing to go there with God. See, this is where you trust God and you trust the leader that God's put in place of a movement. Amen? Now, here we go. Verse 22. This is taking way longer than I thought, but it's really fun. Now, when they began to sing into praise, now, when they began to sing into praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Holy cow! So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, all right, choir, come on. Start singing. We're coming over the edge. They looked forward to the multitude, and there they were, a sea of dead bodies, fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. 
When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found them uh, an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry in which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much stuff. I don't know. I think God's way worked out pretty good. Amen? Now, I don't know how that happened. The Bible doesn't really say. All it says was that they were singing and praising and lifting up their voices loud and high to God. And because they were doing that, it must have been a key in praise that unlocked the three tribes to come against. Hey, what are you, you guys hear that singing? I don't no, you singing? I ain't singing. Shut up, man. And I don't know. Then they probably started fighting against each other because they heard the sound, the anointed sound, the singing sound that was coming forth. And they began to take out each each other until they killed everybody else and then the Jehoshaphat and everybody comes over the hill singing and worshiping God and they see a sea of spoils ready for them praise unlocks prosperity into your life amen it does it does now uh, there was a book so that's kind of the end of that part uh, of just reading that text but there was in her book healing from heaven Dr. Lillian B. Yaomans, I think it is, tells a story about a woman who uh, was a missionary to China many years ago when China was open to receive the gospel. The missionary contracted smallpox, and in those days there was no cure for the disease. No doctors could do little for her, and if a person contracted smallpox back then, there was no hope. It was basically deadly. So this missionary woman was quarantined in her room, and smallpox covered her body, and she sought God. There was no cure. She sought God, and then God gave her a vision, gave her a vision of the trials and tribulations, and it was full, and then a did I say a container or a basket? And then another basket of her praise and worship that was half full. And God says when your praise basket gets as full as the other basket, that basket will disappear. She began day and night in her quarantine room in China as a missionary where no one could help her, just begin to praise God. Praise Him for everything. Just praise Him for who He is. Praise, praise Him for His blood. Praise Him for salvation. She went through all this, and then she noticed after a number of days of just praising God that suddenly she looked down, and all of her skin was like baby soft. As a matter of fact, all the people around could hear her singing and praising God out loud, and they thought that she'd kind of gone delusional because of the disease and was just shouting out. And then she walks out of her quarantine room with this baby soft skin and she was totally healed. All because she tapped into the key of praise and worship. See, we think it's just something we do for the first 20 minutes of every service, but it's not. Now it can be, and it is oftentimes in many people's life, this is the only time that they praise and worship God. If they're actually here on time. Then they might get 20 minutes of praise and worship. But because we're a little constrained by time, this is also why we have 120s, because we're not constrained by time. We can worship God much longer. But see, praise and worship isn't something you do on Sunday mornings and then don't do the rest of the week. It should be who you are. It is your lifestyle. You have to lift up his name. You give him praise 24-7. It's all about because it unlocks things in your life. 
It also shows you what you're trusting in your life. So what are we believing for? That we need some praise in our life. Amen? Key number two to key number one. The praise key can bring breakthrough and break out. Now, most of you know this story, so I'm not going to spend the time going through this because I want to make sure I get you the other keys because I'm out of time. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains, 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 everyone's chains came off. There was a key. They were praying and singing hymns to God, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself. We are all still here. Then he called for the light... uh, called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Everyone's chains were loosed, and, and, and if you keep on reading the story, I, I kind of got a little glimpse because I always thought that when the earthquake happened, it's just the way I read it, uh, and, and all the doors were open, he's like, hey, you're all good, but then, then the, the innkeeper, the prison keeper, takes him to his house and feeds him, and all the family gets saved. So I'm thinking, all right, they all busted out, and they all took off. See you later. Peace. But that's not exactly what happens. And if you keep reading the rest of the story, you'll find out that they actually all stayed in their prisons. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing. So uh, notice that they could have been complaining. God, here's what happens. Because we just got done with our ghost story series. They were being tracked by uh, this girl. And she kept shouting about them. And finally the Bible says Paul got annoyed. (laughs) Paul got annoyed. And he turned around. He says, come out of her in the name of Jesus, foul spirit. And so the spirit left, but that's how the other, the sorcerer guys were making their money was off of her uh, uh, psychic stuff she was doing. And so, so, so they were upset, so then they went and reported Paul and Silas. So Paul and Silas cast out a demon, and then repercussions came because they did that. The demonic realm came after them, basically, and then they put them in prison. Can you imagine you get put in prison because you cast out a demon doing exactly what God has called you to do, and then you get put in prison? Can you imagine the attitude? I don't get this, God. All I was doing was serving you. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I cast out that stupid demon, and then I'm in prison. Is this the thanks I get? Is this all I get for serving you and doing what I'm supposed to do, God? I mean, come on, God. But that's not what they did. They got together, Paul and Silas. That was the prison keeper's first job that he failed in as they put him in the same cell together. Paul and Silas began to worship and praise God, and they just began to sing and worship. But when you praise God, it's the key to unlocking things and bringing breakthrough in your life. And they were busted out of the jail cell because the locks came off, the doors came open, the chains were loosed, because they actually were in shackles at the same time. So all those things were broken off of them. When you need breakthrough in your life, when you need breakthrough in your finances, when you need breakthrough in your marriage, are you praising your way through or are you complaining your way through? Are you using the keys that you have to get out of that situation in your marriage? Are you using the keys that you have to get freedom in your finances or are you just complaining all the time? We have keys. We're just not using them, people. Praise can bring financial increase. Praise can bless your marriage. Praise can help your kids. Praise can set the atmosphere in your home to be a place of peace rather than strife. In Jesus' name, amen. Key number three to praise. The praise key releases faith that moves God. Again, if you don't have faith in God, you're not going to praise God. 
If you don't have faith in God, which you would think people would have because they called upon him as Lord and Savior, that they would have faith in God. But not necessarily, people don't necessarily believe God are going to do that. Because if everybody believed God was going to do that, then everybody would tithe and everybody would praise and everybody would serve and everybody would do all the things the Bible tells us to do. But can I be honest with you? Not everybody tithes, not everybody serves, not everybody praises, but it's in the Bible. So there must be a faith connection, or there must be something we don't believe about God for not to use the keys that he tells us to use. Because the Bible says in Psalms 57, 7, in the Passion Translation, My heart, O God, is quiet and confident. Now I can sing with passion your wonderful praises. Psalms 34, 1 through 3, in the Passion Translation, Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you have done for me. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you and all your works. So let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. That sounds like a Christian that would irritate some people. Oh, they're always just praising God. And, oh, they only go up to the front and they dance and they do their thing. Oh, I just That's just uncomfortable for me. They're doing what the Bible says to do, people. It's easy to judge while sitting down pointing the finger. It's another thing to actually do what the Bible says when it comes to praise and worship. Praise and worship causes us to get out of our comfort zone and do something that's not comfortable. Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him for his unequaled greatness, praise him with the blast of the ram's horn, we don't have one of those, praise him with the lyre and the harp, praise him with the tambourine, not here, and dancing, praise him with strings and flutes, praise him with the clash of cymbals, we do that a lot, praise him with the loud clanging cymbals, we do that all the time, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everything that has breath. If you're breathing, you should be praising. The last one. Praise is the key to receiving increased blessing in your life. Praise is the key. I'm not suggesting that praise is a way to manipulate God into giving us what we want. Praise is not a method of flattering God so he will give us what we ask for. We ask for these things, so I better, okay, praise you, Father God. I hope it happens. No, that's not why you praise. Praise is a lifestyle demonstrating your continual trust in Jesus. See, because you trust in God, you're able to praise and thank him for what he has promised in his word. So if you know his word and you know what his word says about your healing and you've come down with a bad report, then you just begin to praise him for what his word says about healing in your life. You don't start talking about the cancer. You don't start talking about the disease. You don't start talking about the flu virus that's going around this time of year and everybody's going to get it. You better get your flu shot. I never get a flu shot and I haven't had flu in years. You can let everybody talk you into getting the flu. Oh, I'll probably get the flu. I'm probably going to get the cough. Everybody's been coughing. Everybody's got a sore throat. I'm probably going to get it. I'm probably going to get it. You'll get it. I guarantee you'll get it. But begin to say what his word says. Begin to praise him. Thank God. I know, God, we're in the cold times of the year. I know, God, we're in the fall, but I am healthy and whole. I thank you, God, that you are my healer. You're my provider. I'm not going to get sick. I don't get sick. My body is uh, made from heaven. It functions like it's. You just start declaring what you're supposed to declare instead of what everybody on TV declares. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear the most, maybe your marriage, is where you trust God the least. Where you fear the most, maybe finances, is where you trust God the least. Where you fear the most, maybe it's your teenagers, is where you trust God the least. 
If you fear money or having lack of it, then you don't trust God. And his word in that area, and you probably withhold things in your life, and you haven't returned to God what you're supposed to because you fear not having it. You fear not having money. You fear not having enough. And you hoard and you hang on to everything thinking you'll never have enough. And that's actually the opposite of what God says is the key to unlocking increase. Why this is so important for me is because if I can get all of us at this church blessed and we all do what the Bible says, how many of you know it's a lot faster to the vision that God has set before us? It's pretty simple, isn't it? So I want you blessed. I don't want you in debt. I want you walking in the blessings of God because if you're in the blessings of God, your family's probably blessed. Your marriage is probably blessed. Your job is probably blessed. Your life is probably blessed. You probably come into church with joy. You're willing to serve because you're not having to work three jobs. It unlocks all kinds of potential in your life and in our vision. If I can help you See how money can work for you and how you can get blessed. How you can unlock the key of praise in your life. I'll end with this scripture. Proverbs 3. Well, two more scriptures. 5 and 6. Trust in the, trust in the, with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I don't know if I'm going to have enough. I don't know if I'm going to have, if I tithe, I won't have enough. If I tithe, I won't have enough. If I don't, if I go to the doctor, this is what they're going to say. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust God in all your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. This is what King Jehoshaphat did. He acknowledged God. He set his face before him. He will direct you in all your ways. He directed him what to do, and then he did exactly what he told him to do. And they went out singing with the choir, and increase and freedom came. Pretty amazing. Psalm 67, 5 and 6. This is actually the last scripture. Let the people, do we have that one? Thank you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all, not some, let all, not some, let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. How do we yield the increase when all the people use the praise key? When all the people use the praise key, it unlocks increase to us. Now you can choose to believe this, you can choose to use the keys, or you don't have to. But it's my job to share with you what the Bible says we can do, what you can access, the freedom that can come, the joy that can come, the blessings that can come if you just use the praise key. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father God, that in your house we give you praise and worship and glory and honor. We thank you, God, for Generations Church. We thank you, God, for what you've called us to do. We thank you, God, for increase. We thank you, God, for people that are hungry to praise. Father God, they don't, they don't come afterwards to praise. Father God, we thank you that Generations Church, Father God, with all the praise and worship, Father God, that people will lift up your name. Father God, people will magnify. They will trust in you. They will delight in you. They will lift up the name of Jesus, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for your atmosphere. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that comes. Father God, that it not be a one-time praise, but it would be a lifestyle of praise to you, God. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. One more thing. I heard this thought while I was praying right there. Someone said, I don't know how 
to praise. I want to praise. How do I praise? What's the right way? Is what I would feel someone say. What's the right way? The right way is when it comes from this. It's not a formula. It's not a, do I have to lift both hands? No, 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 no. that's the posture of praise. But that is not praise. There are lots of people with their hands up and they're thinking about the football game. I'm just being real. It's all about the heart, the posture of the heart. It's not the, what's the right words to say? Do I got to say, oh, Lord God? No, 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 no. That's all religion stuff. Praise to God is you just begin to thank him for what he's done in your life. And if you don't know enough scriptures, then you fill your mouth and your heart with some stuff about God. So then you go, God, I thank you that your word says this, this, and this. I thank you that your word says this, this, this. I praise you for that, God. God, I praise you and I thank you for your son Jesus that went to the cross for me. Just start with basic stuff. That's all you got to do. And all of a sudden when you start there, your heart will like, well, well I've, God, I thank you for my wife you've gave me. And I, I thank you for my husband you gave me. And I, I thank you for this and my job. And I, I thank you for, it does, I thank you for the weather today. I thank you that I, that I can walk and I can talk and I can speak and I can just start thanking him and praising him. It's not a complicated formula. It's just a heart formula. So to the answer to your question, how do I praise? Now eventually you get to the point, you know, some people it's hold the big fish. Some people I bought a big TV. Some people it's rocky. But whatever, you'll advance in your positions of praise, but let it always be authentic from the heart. Always be authentic from the heart.